Hi everyone, welcome to Type Talks. Today we're here to talk about the SF types. And so this is the ISFJ, ESFJ, ESFP, and ISFP. We're here to see if there are any commonalities between them and what are the differences. And so people tend to reference NF and NT as temperament groups in MBTI, but we're gonna see today if SF can be a temperament group of its own as well. And so I'm writing a book right now and it's in the workings. So we have really rough notes on each of the type groupings. For the SFs, I could see them as vibe attendants. And so they focus on what is valued in reality. They want to be able to change the vibes to avoid in the moment lack of harmony. They're particularly good at picking up what others or self value in reality. And if the status quo is working, there's no need to change it. If it's not working, then they seek to find a way to change the vibe. And so they attend to the in-the-moment vibes, whether it is their own or others. When empathizing, they want to fix the problem or ask questions in order to personally attend to the emotions involved in that moment. They have a more immediate, active, problem-solving approach to empathy. What made you feel X and what needs to be changed to feel Y? So a statement to sum up SF is, is value being obtained reached in reality? So we can tweak this during the interview, see what resonates with you and what doesn't resonate with you. And yeah, it's a good place to start. And so Roger, could you tell us a bit about you? Well, um, yeah, I'm Roger, been here before. Uh, I'm a student currently in a uh, clinical psychology program. Um, I've been learning, studying about MBTI for quite a few years now since uh, college, just kind of casually. Um, and yeah, um, oh, right. I didn't put my Enneagram in here, but um, my Enneagram is also a nine. I'm not sure which wing yet still, but possibly I'm, I'm leaning probably towards a uh, wing one. So, I think you'll find a lot of feeling types gravitate towards psychology. You'll see a trend because feelers like to look in the realm of vibes and feelings and people's emotions. So very cool, Roger. And Ricardo? Hi, guys. I'm Ricardo, um, DSFJ. I've been in MBTIs a lot more in the past two years, but on and off for since I was 18 years old. So I do know some things. I'm a special ed teacher working with um, very uh, challenged and very um, difficult students that you know need some basic life skills. Uh, Enneagram wise, I am a two wing three, and I'm just so happy to be here to represent the ESFJs and the SFs out there. Yeah. It seems like a trend that's happening is SFs do gravitate towards compassionate fields. So Roger is in clinical psychology. Ricardo is a special ed teacher. There's also the ESFJ stereotype. Stereotypes have a grain of truth to them of being nurses. You can see that there's a trend towards these compassionate fields, humanitarian fields of helping people. Ricardo has a channel of his own. I'll link it below. And Kristen? Hi guys, I'm Kristen. Lovely to be back here. It's been a, it's been a minute since I've been on one of Joyce's panels. Um, I always feel so happy and elevated after I come on here. So I'm really glad to be here to talk about SFs who get uh, who don't get a big, I guess, representation in uh, the YouTube community. So I'm excited to have this chat. Um, I run a YouTube channel called Dear Kristen. I enjoy writing comedy sketches and talking about Myers-Briggs on there. Um, I'm also a trained teacher and I'm super into theatre and acting and all those ESFP stereotypes. So, yeah. And speaking of acting, Kristen does 16 personality skits on her channel and they are really funny. So if you want to if you want to laugh until your your pants 
fall off. Okay, wait, that's not a good. <laughs> if you want, if you want to laugh until you cry your pants, wait, that's not that doesn't make sense either. <laughs> you know, I'm totally messing up this. Um, then go visit her channel. And Jamila. Hi, I'm Jamila. I um I've been in a type for um I don't even know. I feel like maybe almost 10 years that could be way off but that's what it feels like um and i'm an enneagram four and i have um a typology page personality psychology on instagram called types in black ink um where i talk about um, personality through the lens of Black culture um, with like memes and stuff like that. Yeah, so I'll have everyone's beautiful links down below. And Roger is also the admin to the ISFJ Haven group. And so I will link that too. All right, cool. And so SFs, what are some commonalities you see among these types? For me, the first thing that comes to mind um, is an, an awareness for like style or aesthetic. Um, I feel like even though, and I have a whole kind of like breakdown of like each type's like style. So it's not like the same, but I think that SF's... Um, tend to like value it more than STs, NFs, or NTs, like aesthetic and like notice, oh, like this will go here and this looks nice here. And oh, like that's a pretty color there, things like that. And how things like all fit together on like a sensory level. I can totally relate to that because when it comes to my clothes and just my furniture, I like to have different colors kind of matching or just maybe contrasting each other to make it look visually appealing. So I think I agree with Jamila that we like things to have this place value on the things that we see with our senses, especially with textures and colors. And um, and we, we, we try to make it like harmonious with other people as well too. So what we say or see, we're like, hey, this is the trend, you should try it. I think you're gonna like it. And we feel like maybe we want others to feel the the same thing that we're talking about. I think I definitely, definitely think that's true. And I think there's a, there's an even further distinction to be made between like SFs and other types. Cause you have other types who, I know a lot of NFs who really place a lot of emphasis on their physical space and how it needs to look and feel a type of way. But I think for them, it's very much about like, like the aura that it gives and the feeling like, the, uh, yeah, the, I guess the psychological aura and they need to feel that it's safe and there's something abstract connected to it. Whereas for us, it could, it, I think for me, well, for me personally, I don't know if you guys relate, it's very much just about like, I need, I like to feel comfortable in my body and that involves feeling like happy in my space and these colours make me feel happy. This, uh, this vibe makes me feel happy. Uh, I can trust that I'm comfortable in my body here. That's how I dress. I like always need to feel comfortable. And with that FI, it's always about expressing myself in some way as well. Um, but it's predominantly about what makes me feel in my body comfortable in a sensory way. Um, For me, I kind of feel weird. I'm like a little of the odd one out with that. Um, in some aspects, yeah, like I do care 
a little bit about aesthetics and such, but I don't feel like it, at least for me, it's not much of a, it's not much of a need for me. But it's funny what Ricardo was saying because my fiance, she's an ESFJ and she's a lot more <laughs> like how uh, Ricardo was describing. And to me, it's funny because she's very like into the trends as well and like her wardrobe and she like loves really with all the colors and everything, which is really cool. And I I, uh, I find like there's a lot of like, I, I find it amazing. Like it's so cool. And maybe it's an area for myself where like I lack or like something that I would like to get more into a little bit. Um, but for myself, I don't, necessarily possess that i guess like in a kind of quality i relate it more of like kind of um with like interior designing i guess like i guess in the sense of like knowing where things should be or what can maybe look aesthetically pleasing to other people that i think i'm good at but i guess when it comes to clothing i relate a lot to what kristen was saying of like it's just more comfort clothing really um maybe if i am at a certain point where i care a little bit more about i guess my appearance and such then i would kind of shift my attention to understanding and learning more about fashion or learning about what how my appearance can really change how others perceive me as but I guess at the point especially being a student that my focus isn't really on that at the moment yeah so I would say with the style trend the ISFJ is probably the one that's least likely to fall into that being an SI dominant and also being an introvert they tend to be less concerned with the outer world and like having that stylistic engagement with the outer world and also being a guy too. I, I find that males as a trend, right? Not, not all guys tend to put less weight into dressing as well too. It's like, oh, just comfortable shirt and that's fine. Any other hypotheses? Yeah, I did want to say there, I think there's like a difference between like fashion and style or aesthetic. So I'm not saying that um, like every SF is fashionable or cares about fashion, but what I, I think more of my point is just kind of like a, like as, as sensors, what we like experience with our senses, like recognizing, um, like Ricardo said, maybe trends or things that I guess it's easier for me to like say the opposite. So like an ISFJ walking down the street in like an everyday, you know, just their everyday outfit might not look the same as like an ENFP or an ENTP's everyday outfit. So even though an ISFJ might not be consciously aware of like oh this is fashionable or this is in style or whatever whatever it's like you still have enough of an awareness even with your point Joyce to the SI-ness of it all it's like you you still have an awareness of oh this is practical clothing this is like uniformity this is like normal <laughs> so to speak to wear every day so that's more so what I mean of just like it can be conventional, it can be quote unquote fashionable, or it can just, I don't know, like make sense <laughs> to like in a, to like the average person, you know what I mean? Since like, especially um, like having SE where I think I've heard Joyce maybe say this, or maybe my husband call like SE, like unified reality or whatever. So it's like having an idea of like, oh, this is either A, what like is always worked and from a like stylistic transport is traditional 
or it's classic or whatever, or, oh, this is what everybody's wearing or, you know, it's like normal now to wear this or wear that with that. So I just want to like make that distinction. Yeah, I agree with that. It seems like maybe the SIs have a more practical sense of the way we um, like to show our, our fashion or taste of fashion, while the SDs have like a, a way of showing it, but it's also, it's very, it's very attractive. It's like, oh, that looks so pretty all together. And so we're more practical and you guys are more like, not sensual, but I would say in a sense, visual, I would say like visually pleasing. So yeah, one thing that some people in my life has, have pointed out to me is that I don't hesitate to wear really big rainbow sort of colours that might be like um, a lot to take in for someone. Uh, but to me, it's kind of like, oh, it's just pretty and it's not overwhelming at all for me. It just works. Yeah, exactly. Like, And for me, when it comes to that, anything that gets me to like not stand out in front of people that's what i'm gonna wear <laughs> but i'm gonna typically be more aware of like yeah like maybe just something like yeah simple like a blue shirt that's pretty like standard you know no one's gonna really i'm not gonna stand out in front of a group of people like what and yeah i guess kind of like what you're saying too jamila like depending on where you're from depending on the culture depending on what like you know even country if i can wear whatever if if i'm in a different country i would rather wear whatever kind of clothing that they're wearing i don't care about like necessarily my own comfort or whatever if i can just kind of blend in and not stand out and just kind of be like one with everybody else and that's what i'm going to gravitate more towards too but if it's like a special event like you know a party or i'm gonna go all out i'm gonna look good i'm gonna wear my suits and make sure my hair is done i'll, I'll make sure like just for the occasion i'll be like just in like a slob or anything so i do make sure that i i you know it's like a vibe thing with sfs you know the right vibe for certain events. So you, you kind of know what to wear, what to expect, and how people would expect you to, to dress. Because you have that sense of, I think SFs have a natural vibe for those trends and how people would accept you socially without being too obvious or being too like underwhelmed at the same time. That's really interesting. I wonder if this is an FEFI difference because I feel like, yes, maybe I would be able to know what is socially acceptable to wear or what would get me more accepted or what people are expecting me to wear, but that's not going to be a deciding factor on what make like what I wear. So if I, so I don't relate a lot to what you just said, Roger. In fact, yeah, like I, I, I don't think I've ever considered as a factor of deciding what to wear, like, well, what's going to make me stand out? I don't want to wear that. Like, I'm just, I just want to wear what I want to wear. And if I'm in a different country and I can see that they're wearing something like that the culture is wearing they're dressed in a particular way that's not going to be a deciphering factor of course there are exceptional circumstances to that when it's about a case of respect but generally speaking it's not a deciding factor in me choosing what I'm going to wear so maybe I can recognize what what is acceptable to wear but I'm still just going to most of the time wear what makes me feel comfortable and what I want to wear to like express myself that feels like a bit of an FEFI difference there that's very true yeah FE does have the consideration of oh how is it going to impact other people how I'm going to dress and that's probably a really big deciding factor too and how they dress whereas uh, a lot of ESFPs they have the stereotype of dressing in bold colors or just the things that they wear can be bold and it's not because they mean to it's just because it's just wearing what I want to wear <laughs> and so what what you feel like wearing what resonates that day all right so I'm curious how do you guys define vibe and how do you guys experience 
vibes. It's a present moment thing. It's like one of those things where I think we all tend to focus on the present. Like if you ask me anything, what do you think? What do you think they'll feel in the future, or what was the past? It doesn't matter. I'm focusing on what I'm seeing right now, what I'm feeling right now, and we just go with that vibe. So we try, like, if someone's crying or if someone was, or if I don't feel like eating ice cream today, then I'm just gonna go with that vibe, and then go with it. others. Have to really discern, think, rationalize. Where I just kind of just feel it and then go with it in the present time. I don't know if you guys relate to that or not. I think I definitely relate to that. I think. Yeah, maybe, maybe we could say commonality between SF is yeah that that ability to um, monitor what's in the sensory space and to decipher what the vibe is based on that. So yeah, maybe there's a party, everyone's having fun. You sort of sort of matching the energy, and then you sort of go into a room and you encounter someone crying, and then you can you can just sense, you can feel in your entire body the vibe shift. And I think we probably would all be pretty sensitive to that um but yeah I would say in terms of vibe it's definitely what's happening around me and yeah the activities the energy the emotions in the space these are all contributing to the vibe of how I feel music is also a huge thing like music is an like immediate vibe change for me the amount of times I was literally at someone's house the other day and they got into some like they got into some abstract end conversation and I for about Half an hour, I started nodding off and I was like, oh, I'm so tired. I'm probably going to go to sleep, guys, because um, we were all crashing at the same place. And then one of them was like, no, Kristen, I've got something for you. And he goes and like puts on music and it was Elton John. And I was like, oh, my goodness, Elton. And I just go into the kitchen and start dancing. And my vibe was just immediately back, even though I had been just so tired, like five minutes earlier. So, yeah, it's very much based on what's happening in this space. And how that makes my body feel. Yeah, I think for me, yeah, I can definitely relate the same way as well. I mean, if anything, I think the differences for me would just be vibe is right, present moment, what I feel in the moment. Experience is just so past for me. So anything that if I really want to feel relive an experience again, going through the motions again, or going through something similar to kind of relive through that experience and whatnot, or feel nostalgic and stuff like that. So yeah, at least for me, vibe is more present, experience is just more past oriented for me i um i'm actually not really sure how i would um how i would describe vibes so i might have to think on that a little bit more fair enough any other hypotheses for possible commonalities I have no, I can't think of anything. It's, it's weird. I'm just, I'm just laughing at like the clear lack of thought we've put I into know. this abstract topic. Yeah, that's probably why we're just going to group together because we can't think of anything. <laughs> uh. No, the funny thing is, the only reason why I even knew to say that, that I said earlier, is because my sister's ESFJ and we're so different. And one time her husband is like, Yes, like, what do you think you two have in common? And and I like thought of that. I was like, oh, like I think we both can dress. Like, and that's about as far as it went. <laughs> yeah. So I've just always kept that in mind. I don't really know what else. <laughs> well, I work with an ISFP coworker, and we both kind of. It's it's one of those things where we know what's going on. We, we can we can not talk to each other. I can look at her and be like, and she be like. We just kind of know and feel it without even saying anything, especially if we don't want to say something. We just kind of, 
I don't know if it's a psychic thing, but we just have ways of communicating with our bodies, like saying, and then like, I, I don't know if that makes any sense, but we just can communicate with our bodies on the, the vibe. Maybe it's an FE thing, to be honest, not FI, but I know when something is happening and I can, I can just, I like to stabilize the moment and I like to start things, whether it's to make somebody feel better or to do the dishes if it's dirty. I, I'm going off tangent here, but that's that's kind of like what I'm, I don't know if you guys relate to that or not. I can understand that. I can do that that facial expression thing and like communicate a vibe, but only if I know the person very well. Um, I'm not very good at just sensing a vibe of how someone is feeling if I know nothing about them. I can't just read some stranger's body language and get an idea of how they're feeling unless they're being like really obvious about that. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's interesting that the SF thing I, I, I've been trying to think ever since you asked me to be on this panel, like this, the similarities I have noticed in general, like with SFs, Oh, but it's the same with STs as well. Just S's in general, like, there's a tendency to like, you know, the banter, like kind of when you meet someone for the first time and you can have that sort of surface level banter, like at a party or in a social situation, and it just doesn't have to go deeper than that, but you're not losing energy by just staying on that level for a long period of time at a party or a social setting. Whereas I feel like a lot of ends will lose energy if it doesn't go deep after some point. But that's probably an S thing. I think that's a pretty good one. I think... um yeah, I think that's actually a pretty good one because I feel like it has like that feeling connection thing. Whereas I think that sometimes thinkers might get too drained if they feel like they're being obligated to like connect to somebody on an emotional level, but they don't really like feel like it. And like you said, it's obviously it's super general, um, but I can see how that could definitely be a trend. Not to say that I necessarily prefer like small talk, but I definitely notice a different type of fluidity or maybe even like you said, banter that I might have with the stranger that's different than um, my husband who's an NF. Like just certain things that I, I like know what to comment on or know what to say back that he's like, oh, like I didn't even know that that was you know, that that was going on in pop culture or like, I didn't even notice that she had that in her teeth or like whatever that I can like, and then we can like go back like that. So I actually do think that that's a good one. That's interesting because when we first came to the panel, when we started talking to each other, I felt like a comfort level and I, I could almost tell who's an SF type, even without them telling me because a lot of the SFs that I meet, I'm like, oh, we, we, the first impression was always good and it was comfortable. It wasn't like, oh, it was kind of awkward. It was always, it was very like generally uh, pleasant to begin with. And that's how I felt when we first like got on before we started the battle. So I think, I don't know if you relate, but I can, I connect better with SFs in a very general sense without being like, oh, that was strange or that felt weird. The vibe is always usually good. Yeah, I think um, now that you're saying that, I definitely think that's true. When I think of the SS in my life, again, in like a general sense, it's kind of like, oh, I'm relaxed. I like to be in your presence. It's like there's no level of like trying extra hard. It's just I can kind of exist in my normal mode of conversation and banter. And no, because I think, Jamila, what you're saying is right. Like with the T's, yeah, there would be some kind of maybe after a while they would feel forced to engage. But with SFs, you kind of feel like, 
okay, we're both invested in this kind of connection right now. And I don't feel like I'm putting you through this conversation. You actually want to be here. And it's nice and relaxing. And we're not reading into each other's words. We're taking everything at a surface level. And we can just have a good time and like not worry about having to go too deep. Um, which I, that's not to say that I don't like going deep, obviously, but I think I felt that comfort level with a lot of SFs in my life. And it's very chill, like just being with, with you guys, I feel very chill. I'm not like, ooh, am I saying something wrong or am I sounding awkward? I just feel like, hey, okay, my, my buddies, it's, you know, I'm just having a casual conversation. That's what's very chill. That's how I'm feeling at the moment. How do, it, how do you guys feel towards small talk in general? I'm curious about that. I um, don't love it with my close, close friends, but at a part in a party setting, I can do it for ages. With small talks, I can, I mean, I don't love it, but I can do it. And I, sometimes I can do it well, even, and it might, you know, this is the thing with ESFJs, we might lead the person wrong. They might think, oh, this person really likes me. And I'm like, no, 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 this is just my FE coming out. I'm, I'm not trying to hit on you. I'm not trying to be your BFF when we first just met. And then, I get a lot of like, oh, we hit it off so well. Like, I know I was just being really nice about it. <laughs> I'm not trying to be rude, but I can small talk, but um, I'm, I don't want to hurt the person's feelings or make them feel, especially when there's somebody in the party or just at a family event, they're just quiet. I'm like, hey, are you okay? Then they'll just like latch on to me. I'm like, okay, I was just asking if you're okay. I didn't ask you to tell me about your whole life <laughs> kind of thing. So I don't know if that really even relates to that. I feel like that's the F.A. dumb struggle. <laughs> like. <laughs> oh god bless you how about you roger and jamila i would say for me well actually before i get to that i do want to comment on something you said earlier um about the um small talk thing so like i said i think sometimes i could you know hypothesize as joyce Ming said that SFs might have an easier time with small talks than maybe even STs because of the whole emotional connectivity thing. But also, I think, especially for, and this is maybe it's my experience because um, I don't have TI, so it might affect me differently. Like it might affect us as FPs differently than S than FJs. But I know sometimes for me, um, with T like STPs then it can become very like quippy or like making fun. It can turn into them making fun of me really fast. <laughs> and I'm like, hold up, I just met you, calm down. So I think that's another thing as well, why there is, there can be that distinction between like SFs and STs when it comes to small talk, because thinkers will probably be quicker to get drained but also they'll be quicker to maybe like say something that could be offensive to somebody and so it does so then it kind of yeah I think SFs or yeah SFs we might be able to have like a smoother surface of a non-offensive small talk situation but to answer your second question um, I mean, you know, in typical ISP fashion, it depends on my mood. <laughs> um, so yeah, honestly, it just depends on my mood. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, and you know, I thought that I, you know, have a pleasant face, but apparently I don't. So I think it's kind of clear when I don't feel like talking. Like I'm not really that good at faking it all the time. So 
if I'm not in the mood to small talk, we're just not like going to small talk. I'm going to like walk away or I'm like not going to say anything. So yeah, it, it really just depends on my mood. I don't hate it. And like, obviously kind of like what we're saying, if the person is like, you know, if it's like a smooth flow conversation, like we might have like common interests or like we saw the same jokes on Twitter or whatever, then like, you know, it's fine. I don't mind it. But also sometimes I just don't feel like talking or me and the person have nothing in common at all, or I don't find them interesting in that moment whatsoever. So I want to eject myself from the situation or I was forced to be in the situation and I wasn't able to emotionally or mentally prepare for that. Uh, yeah, I guess same as everybody else. I could definitely do the small talk. I don't think I necessarily enjoy it or love it. I would rather just go deeper, have like a much more interesting conversation, but I could do it. I could fake it. Totally, <laughs> totally fine. Um, I feel like thankfully for me, I'm just a, like a naturally curious person. So even if I have nothing in common with the other person, that kind of makes it more interesting and exciting because then I can at least possibly hopefully learn something about them, about what their lives are and everything. And so there's something to be gained from that kind of conversation as well, whether it be information or just understanding human beings a little bit more or different kind of cultures, uh, traditions, different stuff like that. And I just personally find that all interesting. Yeah, this all makes me think, hmm, do SFs make really good customer service then? They might not like it, but are they good at it? Yeah, probably. It's one of my favorite jobs ever working in customer service. I worked at it I worked at five for five years at in retail and I was on the counter and I'd have like during Christmas time, there'd be eight hundred people come through in one day that I'd have to serve and I'd have small talk with each one of them. And I left so energized. It was my favorite thing. And people put me on the counter because they were like, Kristen loves it. She's good at it. So yeah, I definitely feel that way. Maybe it's an ESF thing. Yeah. Jamila's also really good at it too. Which is why I'm like, hmm, could it be like, I, I mean, at your job, like you mentioned how your supervisors see you for your good customer service. Like you're good at talking to people, right? I might be wrong. <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah. I'm a customer service representative. And yeah, I mean, at that point, because Joyce, listen, I was a year ago. I'm, I'm about to quit because I'm over it. But, and so, you know, because the whole F-I-T-E at the bottom thing, then if I'm not really feeling it anymore, then my performance kind of goes down. But um, I'm like, you know, starting to build it back up for numerous reasons. But yeah, I, um, I'm i pretty good at it. I don't mind, you know, going back and forth with customers and stuff. And, you know, that's one of my, I guess you could say one of my least favorite parts about the job is that like being on the phone, it's about how quickly you can get on and off. And like get to the next one so it's like I don't really get to like you know like I feel like a robot I can't really just like oh hey you know how you doing okay yeah let me take care of this for you like obviously I have to and I can have a level of that but it can only go but so far because of the expectation of the job itself um but yeah I um especially when I first started working there I did enjoy it uh enjoyed that aspect of it and um customers really liked me so yeah i can relate to that too because whenever there's events or people nominate people for certain things they're like ricardo you're gonna be the welcoming committee you're gonna make every say hi to everybody and welcome them to the store to the party and i'm like i didn't even say anything i didn't even volunteer but they just volunteer 
tell me to do these things, which I, I enjoy because I like to meet different people and my FE is going, okay, I can do this. So I think it's, you're right, that there's something about customer service or just being around people where we can turn on a switch and be like, be pleasant around them, even if we don't want to be. And it becomes like misconstrued. So especially when it's caring for people or if it's catering to people or just hosting or making pe people feel welcome. Maybe it's an ESFJ thing or ESF thing, like Kristen said. But we like to, we are like the people people. We like to make pe people feel appreciated and welcome in a sense. Yeah, I can't, I can't, that's not me. People don't call on me to rally groups of people. I, I, I'm like a one-on-one -on -one <laughs> type of person. <laughs> Yeah, there's the extrovert versus introvert difference there. <laughs> yeah, customer service, I guess. Yeah, I could also be good at that. I feel like I'd get exhausted if I were to do that for an extended period of time. But yeah, I like at least at the places where I've worked at where I've had to do the very little, like bare minimum, I would just get nervous after like before talking to someone and I would just kind of like start thinking about like, oh man, like what if it's a bad one? What if it's like someone that's just gonna like chew me out or just having a bad day and like all these things. But then once I'm in the zone, once I'm in it, it's like, oh yeah, it's not so bad. Yeah, hi, hello, yeah. And then it's totally fine. But before that, it's it's annoying because I'm just thinking of like the worst. But then in the moment, then it's totally fine. No, I definitely relate to that. Like half of the stress for me of being customer service representative is the anxiety of who's on the other line. But then I'm like, once they pick up and they're cool, I'm like, oh, okay, I, I can talk with them. But it's like, uh, I don't know who I'm going to get. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to, it wasn't me. I didn't do anything. Yeah, the introvert need to look before you leave. It's like, I can't look before I leave here. I'm, I'm just given a situation. Oh my gosh. Uh. Whereas the extrovert's like, I'm just going to deal with the external world giving me what it's got and I'll, I'll just work with the external world. The extrovert is more like, I can handle whatever situation is given to me in the external world. So, It's really interesting, everything we're talking about. I've, I've related, I related a lot to what Jamila has said. Jamila, when you say things like, if I'm not feeling it, I won't want to do it. I definitely relate, relate to that as an FI user. So with small talk, if I'm having a bad day or I've had some catastrophic event or yeah, even just a bad day, not feeling great, I will like try to avoid it. And even if I was working, I would want to be working in the back that day because talking to people isn't necessarily going to cheer me up. And in the same way, I can do a job as long as I'm feeling it. But if I stop feeling the job, I have to leave it. Um, and nothing, no amount of people are going to change my mind about that. No amount of interacting with people is going to change my mind about that. So I was just, I wanted to throw that at you SFJs just to get an FE perspective if you relate to that or are you able to... Are you able to just, if, you, are you, if you're not feeling it, if you're in a down mood, do, does talking to people elevate your mood or are you like, that's not going to do it? That's very interesting because there's some days when I don't want to talk to people, but I will do it even if I don't feel like it. It's so interesting because I don't know what I'm feeling sometimes. I'll just be like, I'm having such a bad day. When somebody comes to me with a bad day, I'm like, how are you feeling? I totally forget about what I'm feeling. I don't know if you relate to this, Roger. So it's very true. Yeah. I'll just like put myself in the back burner. My TI is going, stop. Think about what you're doing. You are not feeling well. And I don't care. I'm just like, then by the end of the day, I forget to drink water. I forget to rest. I forget about my needs. And I'm like, I am so tired. And I forget all about it altogether. Yep. Couldn't have said it better. I mean, definitely everything that Ricardo said, I, I completely agree. I mean, 
if I if it's like really like it's like such a terrible day where I can't even like fake it or I can't just like pull myself out of whatever it is, then I guess I just go down the list TI and just kind of be straightforward and just like yeah no like hey I'm sorry like I I'm, re I'm really not in the mood to talk I just got to get out of here like I'm not you know I'm sorry about that let me you know whatever like we can talk later or just message me whatever whatever it may be and I'll just definitely like excuse myself and whatnot and but yeah like typically more often than not same with recorder like I'll just cast my feelings aside it's like oh yeah whatever especially if it's work I mean obviously I have no choice I gotta <laughs> do what I have to do um but if it's like with friends at least people I trust and I feel more open and being direct about it but if it's someone I'm not that close to then I'll just suck it up and put up with it and try to be optimistic of like well yeah maybe talking to this person might hopefully make me forget about what I'm feeling at least temporarily and I can just kind of put my focus and attention on them yeah 100 percent exactly I agree Gosh, the idea of like someone coming into your space when you're in a bad mood and you're forgetting about what you're feeling because you're focused on the other person and then you go the whole day just focused on others and you forget what you're feeling is like one of the least relatable things I've ever heard. Like it, I, the amount of times I'm like, okay, Kristen, just forget your mood. Just try and focus on this other person, focus on them. And I cannot switch off how I'm feeling. It's so, it's impossible to ignore how I'm feeling. Sometimes I'll have to remove myself from a situation and be like, I'm sorry. I know you guys are all having fun, but I can't be here. I'm just like, I'm sad. I'm not going through a good time. I need to leave, but it's fine. You keep having fun, but I'm going to go. Yeah. Gosh, Jamila, curious on your thoughts, if you have any. Yeah, so it's um it's interesting because I'm kind of like in the middle in a way. So I um I don't I do not forget my feelings. I just compartmentalize them. I've I've noticed that like the lower FI is then like in a person's stack, then the less I guess control they might have. And so it makes sense to so like if an EFP or like a TJ walks in the room, I've had more experiences with them walking in a room and it being very obvious they're, that they're in a bad mood than like an IFP. And I think it's because it's harder for them to maybe like compartmentalize their emotions and everything. Um, so yeah, for me, I don't necessarily relate in that regard to where like also, I just, I don't really get in bad and super bad moods like that anyway, but, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't ever forget how I'm, how I'm feeling, but if something really bothered me and like, I have to go to a party or I have to go to here, I have to go to there. It's just going to be in the back of my mind to process it later or to deal with it later. But I don't really have an issue with like being you know in the moment or doing what I have to do to get the job done and I actually have noticed that in a weird way sometimes doing TE things helps with that so if I have to like actually work or do something that's like in alignment with my actual per personal goals then that'll help me kind of with that versus like let's say I have to go and be social then that doesn't really help that much um depending on the situation but yeah so I'm kind of like in the in the middle with that but yeah I don't yeah yeah with FI for some people it can almost be like a weather cloud you have to really ride out the emotions it's like you you just can't forget them like that in the presence of another person interesting stuff guys and so 
I'm wondering about your relationship with your body. How present are you in your body? How in tune are you? I guess I could, if you mean by appearance or in terms of our feelings, but when it comes to appearance, I'm definitely aware of the way I look to other people. Maybe it's an FB thing, but I want to make sure that I, whether in school or with, whether it's like a party or if it's um, just being at home, I want to to be presentable in a way that's in my own comfort and my own feelings when I'm just by myself. Um, when I was younger, I was very, I was very, I'm very aware of my body. So I know if like, especially if I'm by myself, when I'm able to think about, okay, you have a headache, you are not feeling well, then I'm very aware of the way my body is feeling and thinking or um, moving. But then when I'm with other people, it's gone. It's completely gone. I don't know what's happening with me. And I remember when I'm just by myself, like I guess using my TI. So I was very secure about, you know, with certain things about the way I would look or things like that with my FE. But I am very aware with my body. If, I'm, if there's something wrong, if I have pain, I don't ignore it. I, I make sure that everything is okay before I do anything, if I'm by myself. But once I'm with people, it's gone. It's just I don't know that it's there anymore. That is just like, so, now I feel like Kristen, <laughs> that is just so fascinating to me because especially so like I'm an Enneagram 4, so like we're like hyper fixated on our suffering. And so like if I'm, a, if I'm in a, a group of people and like I have a headache or something, I'm just like, or like my stomach, I'm like, wow, I'm just around all these people and they do not know how much pain I'm in <laughs> right now. And so, yeah, that's just like really fascinating to me. Again, it's one of those things where like I don't really forget um, how how my body feels ever. Um, I am I, I am curious though, like if the actual like sensations are different, like like SI versus SE, like how they experience sensations in your body. Um, like, I don't know, like maybe certain things that you as SJs or, you know, specifically SFJs might be more tapped into than SFP since SF, SFP, SE is like more broad or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm in tune with my body. It's just kind of like not something I think about until I hear like somebody in the personality community ask that question and I'm like yeah I'm into my body and I don't really know how far that goes I just feel like I am so I can't really give like a good answer for that um but yeah I I will say yes I know when like I got a headache I got a stomach ache my throat feel weird my finger hurts I'm like very aware of that and like with my husband he will he will know <laughs> I relate to some of what Jamila just said in that I very rarely think about my body. I'm just so comfortable in, uh, I'm just so comfortable with my body and how I just trust my ability to its, its ability to engage in the world in a way that's um, serving me in some way. I'm, I guess, I guess I am in tune with my body, but it's just so natural that I never think about it. And then the only time I do actively think about it is when I'm in pain. So if I get a headache or like some kind of pain, it's like the only thing I think about because then it's like, well, now this is getting in the way of me having me being able to just engage with sense data in a in a way that's like fun. <laughs> so can I just get rid of this pain somehow? And I don't have a lot of patience 
for pain like that. I kind of need a quick fix to make it. Yeah. But I, I, but there's no level of, if I'm having a good day and I don't go through pain, I don't think about my body once generally. It's, it's not like, okay, what are, what are good steps for me to take, to take care of my body? I've been notoriously bad at, you know, eating healthily because, you know, my tendency as an SE dom to just eat the things that are yum or that, you know, are going to um, taste really nice without thinking of the long-term consequences of that. So I've been pretty bad. Yeah. In my, in my friendship circles, they all know that I eat pretty badly, though I'm trying hard now to, to eat better. Um, yeah. I, I don't really, I don't really think about it, but I do know that my body is like my primary mode of expression. So every time I want to express something, it's got to come out in with my body somehow. <laughs> uh, so I feel a lot of, yeah, like release when I do things like dancing, that's my favorite thing to do is to dance. So, yeah. Uh, I would feel that I'm very out of touch with my body. <laughs> um, it's fascinating. Like, I, I saw somewhere, like, read somewhere of, like, how, like, I guess, according to, like, a theory of, like, with Winnie the Pooh characters, how they signify each, uh, um, like, cognitive function. And, like, with SI, they related to Winnie the Pooh. And, like, that's really how I just think about it for myself, too. It's, like, just very, like, just do things that you love. Just do things that, you know, make you happy. And, you know, you have a kind of slightly blatant disregard for other people, right? With poo, it's like, oh, there's honey. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and eat this honey and be happy. I don't really care about the consequences. Just be happy. Versus poor rabbit TE of, like, having to, like, always try to, like, figure out what's going on and try to help stop and everything. And poo just kind of doing his own thing. I feel like with SI for myself, like, that's just how it is. Like, I... I don't really think much at all about body, my body, at least. Um, the only thing that I would think about is like whether or not I would look presentable enough or like in the sense that I'm not standing out or being uh, or look weird, I guess, in any way. That's the only thought that I would really give to myself in, towards, in terms of that. But other than that, yeah, not very in tune with my body at all. My focus is just so much on <laughs> so many other things. Everybody else, like how everybody else looks, like how everybody else is feeling. That's more of my concern rather than how I'm being presented to other people. That makes a lot of sense, Roger. And I think it might have to do with your Enneagram type. So you're an Enneagram nine. Nines numb themselves out of everything. So I'm guessing that as a nine, you also numb out your bodily sensation too. It's actually introverted sensing in socionics. It has the connotation of bodily sensations. And so it's interesting to hear an SI dominant say they're not in touch with their body. I'm like, out of all of these types, I would have expected the ISFJ to have been the most. So I'm like, hmm. And also the reason why I asked the question is because I always have intuitives from my panel saying that they feel like a floating head and that their body is it's just a flesh suit for them to think thoughts. Intuitives are like this physical appendage is an inhibitor. No, they don't really feel associated with their body. Like intuitives associate themselves with their thoughts or ideas or abstractions about reality. And so they're like, oh yeah, body what? Because I'm human, I have to. But it's almost like they experience their body in a more out of tune sense. But yeah, interesting. I could see these two happening together in, in the sense that you guys are out of touch with your body, but in different ways. So like, Roger's out of touch because of his Enneagram 9, and intuitives are out of touch with their body because they identify with their thoughts more at times. So it's just, it, it's interesting food for thought. I wonder if we're like the pleasure-seeking type. Like for me, a good day is like going to a sushi buffet restaurant 
eating a nice piece of cheesecake in the sun, having good music on, then going home with a nice warm blanket, watching a great movie that makes you feel good. Like I love pleasurable things that makes me feel good. I don't know if you guys all relate to this Essa thing, but I think that's something we may have in common because I look for things that make me feel good, that taste all the sensory things. Looks good, feels good, tastes good, sounds good, so and it makes me move and everything. So that could be something we have all in common because I definitely am in my element when I have all of those things in place, basking, um, indulging, and just enjoying. Like I work out so I can eat bad foods. I totally relate to you, Kristen. <laughs> so they're like, I don't know why you eat these bad foods. Like, because I work hard to eat and to, to so I can eat these bad foods. So I don't know if you guys relate to that or not. Hundred percent. I relate to all of that, and I think it's I think it's the case that we don't think about our bodies often because we don't need to because like we're just so comfortable in them that's just who we are we are our bodies so like we don't need to I guess think about them so often but I definitely get I definitely get yeah the energy and the love and fulfillment and feel happy when it's like going outside and feeling the sun on my skin and swimming in the ocean and those things I definitely don't relate to what you said about thinking of yourself as a floating head and that's interesting because as you said that I realized when I was growing up um one of my intuitive friends, she's she's told me that I always place too much value, too much emphasis on words and actions. So like I would I would tend to in the past judge someone based on their words and actions when then she would have to unlock that nuance of like, yeah, but what about their thoughts? And they're so much more than their words and actions. And then there's all these other things. But I've always placed so much emphasis on what I can physically see and hear and touch and taste that sometimes I in the past was like reducing people to just their bodies. And I was probably also just reducing myself to just my body. body. But over time, I've like integrated that, you know, I'm not just my body, I'm my thoughts as well. So, yeah. So I'm thinking more actually about my thoughts and like, okay, what are like mindfulness? What are the thoughts that I'm consuming myself with? What's going on in my mind right now? I have to actively switch on that filter as opposed to thinking about my body because my body's just like when you're living, when it's who you are, you don't think about it all the time. So then I wonder if I were to hold a panel of SFs in their 70s, they're probably more mindful of their body. I think I have really young people on my channel. So it's like, yeah, we don't care yet about our body and maintaining it. Then you have the 70 year olds who are like, yep, I have all of these vitamins. Yeah, no, totally, I totally need to be mindful. So maybe it's the age thing as well, too. We, we can afford it. All right. So any any final thoughts the only thing that i kept thinking about was like i don't understand when intuitives say like oh yeah i forgot to eat or like that that like blows my mind in so many proportions like there's no way like how on earth do you forget to eat like you know you're hungry your stomach is growling like go eat go you know get whatever you want to eat uh i don't know just what you were like saying that joyce like reminded me of that like yeah, if I'm hungry, like, I'm just going to get something to eat. Like, I'm not going to wait around or, you know, dilly-daddle or whatever. Like, I'm hungry, I'm going to go eat. Like, that that's all there is to it. Um, yeah. So you are in tune with your body enough to know that you need to eat. I think, yeah, we take for granted how in tune we are with our bodies because we, th we think that's just the way it is to be. So we don't think we're super in tune. But, yeah, I, 100%, if I'm hungry, it's like my new priority, number one priority is to eat food, and I'm not going to do anything else until I do. So I, it's like when I get a headache, I notice the pain. Uh, when I'm hungry, I notice that, like, any bodily discomfort. It's like I need to fix this. This is now the new priority. 
Absolutely. Like this, I, I did mention that sometimes I forget to eat or drink, but if I'm with people that I'm like, where do you want to eat? You guys want to eat together? It's always like, Hey, let's eat together. You know, this is going to be so much fun. And so I, I'm a foodie. I love food very much. We have a amazing relationship for so long. It has never failed me. <laughs> and so food by myself, whether I'm feeling it or with other people makes me happy as an ESFJ. It's, it's really my way of saying, it's like, you know, I feel like FE is like giving a slice of pie to people to enjoy, while FI is like eating that slice of pie and enjoying it for yourself. That's how I see that analogy. I love that you've unknowingly or knowingly just like ticked the box of the ESFJ stereotype by being like, I think of F as a pie. <laughs> I love it. Right? Yeah, no, it's like the typical. Here's a slice of cake. <laughs> All for you. I'll have the last piece. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that um, that's funny. I will say it's not even necessarily for me when intuitive say they forgot to eat because sometimes I forget to eat too. Um, not like I don't know. It's like sometimes I forget to eat or like might forget to use the bathroom even though I have to go. I don't know. It's like a weird oxymoron type situation. What has surprised me is when I when I hear intuitive say things like they didn't know they were hungry or like they, or like they've went almost a whole day without eating. And they didn't even like, like to me, stuff like that. So like I can understand forgetting to eat. Like you're just busy, like especially in college. It's like, okay, go to class, class, class. And then you've got practice. Da, 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 da. And it's like, you like maybe don't have time to eat. Then it slips your mind. But I've literally heard it too. So they didn't notice that they were hungry or like they just choose to like ignore the fact that they're, foot has swelled up as the size of a balloon like I can't do that so I it goes back to like the whole like what Kristen was saying about I don't realize how in tune I am with my body until it's like uncomfortable and so then I'm like okay kind of like what I what I was saying about the whole style thing in the beginning of the conversation it's like to compare it to an intuitive it's like oh I see like Okay, you might not think that you're like kind of paying attention to style, but then if you look at an intuitive, you kind of can like notice certain patterns. <laughs> not to say that intuitives aren't stylish or not fashionable. Like I can, I can like list a lot of them. Anyway, so that's not really my point. It's just, you know, when you compare, it's like, oh, you, you don't notice what you notice because it's just the air that you breathe type of thing. And so the same until it's like not, and it's like, wait, like Roger, you're not about to rock a polka dot baseball cap. Like you're just not going to, <laughs> because that's just not what you do. But um, yeah, so like the same thing with like bodily discomfort and also definitely related it related to the whole like dancing situation. Anytime I have to express myself, whether it's like dancing or performing when I'm singing, then I'm like moving my body and everything. And it just comes naturally. If I hear music, my body automatically reacts. It's like, I can't help it. Even if it's like a transition in a, in a show or something. But, um, but yeah, that was, that was a good point. That's so true. I have an ISFP friend. When he opens the fridge, he's like dancing. Like, what am I going to eat? What do I feel like? And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> he just, it's so interesting. He's just so like motivated. And I can do that too. Like, especially if there's music around. And I just, we're very um, rhythmic with our movements. Even the way we talk sometimes, we're very expressive in our own ways, especially when we're passionate. And when I'm hangry, you don't want to be around me. Trust me. I make sure that I'm eating. So 
Yeah. All right. Thank you, SFs, for coming out today. This was really enlightening. Our talks about style and I'm, ha I'm having slight brain banks today just because I'm always lacking a bit of sleep because I forget to sleep. I, I don't know that I need to sleep. Is it because <laughs> you're not in tune with your body? I am not in tune with my body. <laughs> Poor Joyce has just been sitting here like, I feel so isolated in this conversation. All the steps around it was really great talking about style, your relationship with small talk, and your body. So, yeah, this is really cool. It seems like with the SFJs here, the ISFJ and the ESFJ, there is this desire to calibrate what you'll dress or what you'll say will, will affect someone. Is it socially appropriate? How will it make someone feel? That seems to be a really important consideration. And it even triumphs how you feel at that time, too. With the SFJs, you can tune out of your own feelings by focusing on someone else's feelings. The ESFP and ESFJ, as Kristen said, probably would triumph customer service. So we have the resident fashionable human being, Jamila. And so I would say visit her page. You'll see in how she creates the little infographics for types in black ink. They're beautiful. When she puts words on a page, the page looks beautiful. Maybe we'll we'll give that to the to the SF's best PowerPoint skills. <laughs> I'm I'm kidding, but just making an infographic pretty, or at least ISFP for that case. So, yeah. Thank you, Joyce. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, Ricardo, thank you for mentioning this topic and making this panel possible. So yeah, Ricardo has that enthusiasm and pie-giving warmth of the ESFJs we all know and love. Thank you, Joyce. Nice cool. to meet <laughs> and so, Kristen, I know your camera has been a little bit glitchy today, but if you want to see her in high definition, I highly recommend visiting her 16 types page with her all her, her comedy shows. And so she's good at having fun and also making other people have fun in her presence, too. You visit her page, 100% mood lifted, guaranteed. Thanks, Joyce. You're a sweetheart. And thanks, Roger, for coming out, being that resident PhD achiever, and also just being awesome. So, yeah, it seems like there's a part of you that doesn't want to stick out. It's very nine-ish and, and numbs out your own preferences and other things, too. And, yeah, so I appreciate you helping me explore the nine mind more. So you're helping me understand Enneagram better with your presence. Appreciate it. Thank you, everyone, for watching. I hope this illuminated the SF temperament a little more for you, and we'll see you all in the next episode. Take care. Bye.